Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Our reviewer of the week is Allie Robinson 97. She t- <laughs> this review is hilarious. Stephanie and I were cracking up. It's titled, Y'all Want to Know Something Funny? <laughs> she says, I'm not pregnant. I'm not trying to get pregnant quite yet. Getting married in April and just getting too excited about our future family. I have binged the entire podcast. She's not even married yet. It's right? my favorite. <laughs> I have binged the entire podcast and my fiance is like, what are you going to do the whole time you're pregnant if you've already listened to their podcast? And I'm like, I'm going to sign up for their birth course. Love you guys. <laughs> Love the podcast. And hopefully there are some other super crazies out there that are listening who are not even trying to conceive. Allie, you're our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And yeah, you're, I hope so too. <laughs> I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure there's fellow crazies. Out no, there. we've had a couple. We have had a couple that are like, well, I mean, I was the kind of girl, I think a lot of girls do this where I was writing down baby names that I liked in high school. I've heard of this. I was not that? one of them, oh, but okay. I know I have. I know that it's a thing. So I look at that list now and laugh. You I, still have it? I still That's have so it. Sweet. Some of the names I'm like, oh, I never got to use that one. And one of them was Guinevere. Look, I love the mm. name Gwen for short. Gwen, Gwyneth. I love those. But Guinevere, I just, you could tell I was really into my um, like period romance, like Jane Austen type <laughs> castle knight books. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Move in a middle name. Yeah. We had too many boys. Gwendolyn. <laughs> Gwendolyn. All right. So this week's episode uh, was kind of brought on because I know that not only a lot of our listeners are at different places this way, but I think Courtney and I have definitely experienced a good amount of this as well. And so it's just kind of a contrast between what it looks like to be a stay-at-home mom, a work-at-home mom, or a work-out-of-the-home mom. And so we just want to bring you through kind of these different phases. There's obviously not one better than the other. I think it just comes down to personality and um, maybe what your home life is like or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, However, we just kind of broke it down a little simply. Like, here's the good things. Here's kind of some of the downfalls maybe in those situations and then how to make it successful. So no no matter where you're at, um, moving into either of these categories, hopefully you will have some success in doing so. And you guys, Stephanie's kind of an expert on this topic because she has been (laughs) all three things, right? You and I have both done the work at home mom. I mean, that's what we do. Uh, We both have been just stay at home moms not working. And then Stephanie's been a working mom for six months. (laughs) It was an intense six months. I mean, I guess the like doulaing, we're both like out of, but we're not working for any, like it is a little different. Not like a nine to five. Totally. going on. So um, you guys all want to tune in. I love what she's put together here. So let's talk about being a stay at home mom. I think that the outside perception is that, man, you must have it so easy. Like, what do you do all day? day. Oh, gosh. Anybody who still thinks that that's what it's like just is clearly a little bit clueless about it. But there's so know all the stay-at-home moms are like nodding their heads and clapping their hands. It is hard though, because 
Like I know that when my husband would get home from work, I was so used to, I'm the kind of personality where I want to be productive. Mm -hmm. And I would ask him how his day was. And he would obviously return the favor and ask how my day was, even though I was like calling him every hour, like, oh my gosh, you would not believe this blowout. (laughs) Or um, I don't think so-and-so should be doing this anymore. How do we want to handle that? Like Mm -hmm. poor guy, he got so many calls at work. But anyway, still do. I, but sometimes there were days he would come on and be like, so what'd you guys do? How did you have a good day? And I'd be like, uh, I know what, I what did, did stuff I and I was busy all the time. <laughs> My house is but, a mess and I know I feel tired and I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but you guys, there's so many wonderful things about being a stay at home mom. If you're in a position that you're able to do that. So one of my favorite things, especially being a first-time mom and being a stay-at-home mom, was staring at my baby all day long. I don't think I ever got tired of it, and I remember wondering what I was going to do when I had a baby all day, and a lot of that is sleep, honestly, when I first came home. But seriously, like it was never boring to stare at my baby. Every move they made, or even if they weren't moving at all, watching him sleep, but every coo, every twist, even the little toots and poops, like every (laughs) single thing was like the cutest, most amazing thing ever. And I know it was the same for my husband. When he would come home from work, we would just stare at our baby and it was the best thing ever. I was always taking lots of pictures. That was my thing. Oh yeah. I, I can sit there and hold them and look at them and it's all good. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, but they look so cute. And my phone was just getting <laughs> blown up like crazy with, you know, 30 pictures of baby in the same pose because it was just so cute. And I think along with that are all the snuggles. You can be with your child, be around your child, hug, cuddle, just, you know, like be with them, snuggle them, love on them, kiss them. It's awesome. Yeah. And you don't need to worry about going anywhere unless you want to, like, or unless you have a pediatrician appointment, right? So I know that we'll talk about some of those things in in the next ones, but you can literally just stay at home all day. And maybe that can be a good thing and maybe that could be a bad thing. But I know that especially like early on with my first and recovering from a cesarean birth or even a couple months in, like, I didn't have to go anywhere. Like it was really, the time was mine. And that was different too, just from being like a working person. I loved not having to do my hair and makeup every day. Yep. I could go, (laughs) this is where I learned things like, hey, I can go about three days without washing my hair. Or this is, honestly, you guys, this is the time when I discovered dry shampoo. Mm. And, you know, and it was okay. I, unless I had the occasional person who randomly shows up at your door, cause it's going to happen. And you're like, Oh, I don't even have a bra on. Like that would probably be a downfall for this category, but you don't have to get ready. Pile of poopy diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Breakfast is still on the kitchen counter. Sure. You know, all that, (laughs) but you don't have to get ready if you don't want to. And because I wasn't putting makeup on my face every single day, my skin did get a little clearer. I liked that. Oh yeah. No, I, Now that you're saying that, I do remember that, actually. I also liked that I didn't need to go to bed at a certain time or wake up at a certain time. We could just kind of go with the ebb and flow of life, right? So if baby got up super early, then I might go to bed early, but I didn't have to get to bed on time for anything in particular, unless, of course, there was an appointment that came up. Honestly, that's a perk I like about homeschooling, too. Oh, yeah. We can all sleep in and we start our day when we're up and ready to start our day. Yeah. You have a bad night. Yeah, same thing. Like You have a night where your baby is up 10 times during the night nowhere to be great let the husband go to work and then just just lay in bed for a while right sleep it off yeah and I think along with that too is being able to nurse on demand um if you're choosing to breastfeed your baby and I I know for myself I really liked being able to just nurse when baby was hungry I didn't have to worry about being anywhere doing anything I could just snuggle my baby and nurse whenever we needed to 
during the day, you can kind of do whatever we want, right? You're getting the theme here. You're figuring this <laughs> out. You can do lunch dates, shopping, stroller dates, um, driving on roads when they're not busy. It is seriously, <laughs> it's seriously the best. You can orchestrate your day around traffic. Okay, or- here's a plug for homeschooling moms. Okay, we've had a little, I have been taking some cousins to school and I'm like, I think I discovered my main reason if I had not had one before (laughs) for wanting to homeschool my kids. And that is school drop off and pick up. And I freaking hate it. I hate it. (laughs) So for all you moms braving that, just and just know for you new moms, you don't have to do it. You can homeschool your kids and never see that stupid drop off line. And if you think that's crazy, I would never do that. I said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> just We'll have a homeschool podcast for our postpartum moms right. in a couple years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, another thing is that you can sleep when your baby sleeps. Yes, even if that's in the middle of the day. Now, sometimes this is easier said than done. You might have one of those personalities where I know the minute my baby was down for a nap, I'm like, oh, do I shower? <laughs> do I clean? Do I read a book? Do I, you know, do I sleep? There was just totally. to try to get a little yoga workout in. There was just a whole lot of things I wanted to do. And there were some times, you guys, where I would spend so long deliberating or starting one thing, then the other, and then the baby would be up. I'm like, dang, dang it. it. You I know? missed my window. But yeah. you could sleep when the baby sleeps, even in the afternoon. Yes. And then to kind of wrap up some of these highlighting the pros to being a stay-at-home mom, I loved that I felt like my main focus was my children and the nurturing of my children. Not to say that other work at home moms or working moms that their focus isn't their children, but my time and attention wasn't so divided in so many ways. It was very singular. That yeah, can be yeah. a bit of a downfall sometimes too, but I, I loved that. That's what I had wanted for myself and my family situation. Right. I completely agree with that. In fact, one of the things that I remember um, that I felt very adamantly about was I didn't want somebody else being with my child during like important time. Like I wanted right. to see and and hear and feel all of those things, especially all those like first milestones and things. But, um, and I felt very much like nervous to have somebody else with my baby. And so it was much more comfortable for me because we could make that work for me to stay at home. So that was a benefit for sure. Okay, you guys, we promise this isn't a homeschool episode, but I will say that something that factored into our family's decision to homeschool was kind of along these same lines, right? All right, we've got 24 hours in a day. My elementary school kids sleep for 10 of those hours. If they're in school for seven or eight hours, and then two hours for getting ready for school, drop off and pick up Stephanie's (laughs) dreaded things, that really doesn't leave a whole lot of time for us and for me to have the influence I want to have on my child, right? Because they've got activities and we've got dinner and they've got all this stuff. And so I kind of worried about that. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that if you don't do that, you don't have an influence of on your children. Of course you do. You're their parent. But I liked knowing that I was with them the majority of the time. And so they were going to be raised according to how I want Right, which could be good or bad. Good or bad. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Not trying to paint a rosy picture. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. And sometimes I do have days where I'm like, my kids would probably be better off. I know. And I'm like, I wonder if our kids uh, later as homeschooled children are like, oh, my gosh, I'm so much like my parents. And I hate it even more because they're with us too much. Right. Benefits and and risks, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Let's move on to some of those. What are some of the downfalls to being a stay-at-home mom? Yeah, I think number one, and especially being a new stay-at-home mom, and I don't know, like for my personality, I'm very social. I like to see people. I love talking with other adults. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids, but I need that time for myself. And so feeling really isolated and not getting to see other adults 
was really hard. And the fact that I think I had some like postpartum anxiety and depression. And so I wasn't feeling very outgoing to make sure that that was happening, even like with my baby taking in places with other moms. Anyways, that was a little trickier for me. So that was definitely a downfall. It is very lonely. I know that, you know, I would look through my phone when I was needing to talk to another adult and I'd be like, well, I know I can't talk to my husband right now. I know he's got this meeting or this presentation going on. And so I would try calling my mom and it would go to Mm -hmm. voicemail and I'd be like, oh, my sister's in school, so I can't contact her. And I just, I often felt very alone and, um, and that can be hard. That's a big challenge for sure. And what that can turn into is maybe even getting to a point where you kind of lose some of your socialization skills, maybe getting to a place where you don't even kind of want to be around people because you're so used to not being around people. I feel kind of like an adult that I'm having to relearn how to make friends Mm -hmm. because there was so much of my life that was spent by myself with these little ones tending to their needs and really not keeping those skills fresh. And it is a skill. Yeah. So take note from us that did this incorrectly. (laughs) Aim to do those things a little earlier. I will say, um, especially from years of teaching classes and, and having women come back after they'd had their babies and we're doing our like, maybe it's two or three months after everyone's had their babies and we're doing that reunion and listening to the women, I will say listening to the women who went to work versus the women who did stay at home. It seemed to me that sometimes the women that stayed at home had a harder time than those that got out and went to work. Now, there's different challenges, and we'll get into that. But I will say for the postpartum depression, I felt like there was less of it from my personal observation with the small amount of students that I did have. There was less of it with the women that got out and got to talk to adults and got up and got dressed and saw the sun every day. Mm-hmm. Like There was a difference in their countenance and how they were behaving um, and the joy that they felt like I, I could see than the moms that stayed home and maybe didn't do a lot of that social stuff. The moms that stayed home and felt overwhelmed and took all that responsibility onto themselves. And anyway, so I think that that can be a downfall if we're not careful. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it as a pro, right? You can make your own schedule. You don't have to get ready. You don't have anywhere right. to be. But I think that there's really a lot of value and a big blessing that can come from, you know, honoring yourself in a way that you get to bed at a decent time, that you wake up at a time that gives you enough space to um, take care of yourself a little bit, maybe get ready for the day or get a workout in or something like that. And I think that those are the makings for having a being happier in your situation. So yes, it's a it's a pro to not have to do those things, but I think it's important to do them. I think side note at the end of this episode is like, hey, everybody, just so you're aware, parenting's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Hard all the way around. There's no right answer. And typically the things that are pros can also be a con. Yes. Anyway. No, you're yes, you're definitely right. We're going to move on with this episode anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your home is likely to be a little bit messier just because of the sheer fact that you're in it all day. And so are your kids, right? If if you guys were all out of the house because you're at work and your kids are um, out of caregivers, then your house is going to stay cleaner. Sorry, it's true. No, that's very true. It's like when we have a library day. I take the kids out of the house and I'm like, oh, it looks the same as when we (laughs) left, you know, it's heavenly. Yeah. Oh, and especially with COVID right now, I feel like things are closed or a lot of moms are much more scared to leave their home or have visitors. And so when we were saying like, oh, you can have stroller dates or you can go out to lunch with your mom or what, like, I feel like there is a lot of anxiety around that and rightfully so, totally understandable. Um, But I think that that does kind of bring us inward a little bit more. And so stay at home moms right now, I would say are definitely having a harder time. Time than normal. 
I remember my mother-in-law came to help out like the second or third week after I had my baby. And she was like, well, here, let me, let me make some meals for you, do your laundry for you so that you can just sit there and be with baby. And I knew that it was important for me to be with my baby, but you guys, we, we kind of had a little bit of a rough go in the beginning. He was very colicky. I was having some breastfeeding issues. He had tongue ties. Like it, it just wasn't the happiest of situations. And so he was a very upset baby all the time. And I finally had to say, you know what? I actually want to break from him. Mm. Can you hold him? Can you soothe him? Can you be with him? Because I just need to go do something by myself for right now. And I feel like that is a downfall sometimes to being a stay at home mother is that you don't really get breaks very right. often. Yeah. Or even if you do, it doesn't feel as like as much of one. Right. I remember I saw a post and it was so on point the other day. It was like for stay at home moms running errands like I know people like, oh, I'm glad you got a little bit of a break having to work <laughs> like I'm, I'm grocery shopping. I'm yeah. getting the car filled up. I'm doing all those things that shouldn't have to count as Hold my the break. baby. I'm going to a jacuzzi and getting ice cream for right. a couple hours. That's a break. Right. That shouldn't have to count as your break. And so I hope that you take some time with your partner to work out a situation where, um, you know, just say, look, I, I know it seems like I'm, Hey, I'm home all day. How great for you. But this has been really challenging for me. Can we work it out so that every blah, blah, blah weeknight, you come home from work and I'm just out of here yeah. <laughs> for a few hours. Yeah. You know? that, and that's, we're going to move into how to make it successful in just a second. And you really started touching on that. I will say kind of just one of the last downfalls. We're not going to just go, you know, so negative on things here, a little bit of each, but I will say I didn't realize until I had a job out of the home, how much being at home really is a thankless job. And of course it, it not in a bad way, like absolutely. Like when your kids do positive things or your husband appreciates whatever you're like, there is some thankfulness there and it's incredible. I don't think there's anything deeper than that kind of gratitude that comes with being a mother. However, I have to tell you from being working out of the house for a couple months, somebody was paying me for my work. They liked what I was doing. They were telling me how great it was. I was like, <laughs> wow, I forgot what this feels like. It's yeah. heavenly. So just realizing that like that, and it, there, I think there is a little bit of a heaviness to it and not that it's like this super negative thing, but it is a hard thing to do. And so give yourself a little grace. I think that it's a heavy job. It's well worth its time, obviously, but yes, it can feel a little thankless. So let's talk about how to make being a stay-at-home mom uber successful. And we've got some really great tips for you here. One of those kind of coming from what Stephanie said is recognizing and finding ways to find validation for what you're doing that aren't from sources outside of you. I will tell you, you will be a miserable person if your happiness depends on how much your husband and kids are thanking you for oh, what gosh. you do. So true. <laughs> right? So understanding your worth and knowing, having a good place that that comes from that isn't necessarily from an outside source, but from within you and between maybe you and your creator is going to be helpful. I had a friend one time who told me that when she was folding her mountains of laundry, <laughs> she goes, at first it was a challenge, but it would become a mantra for her like, I'm grateful to have children that I can fold their clothes for them. You know what I mean? How sad and hard would it be if you were never able to have children? And yeah. so I have a family. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful to be folding their clothes. <laughs> you know? I think that's a great point too. And I, you know, it's not necessarily on the list, but maybe it should be like waking up and having some gratitude. Yeah. Um, being able to see the good things first, I think is super important. And, and you touched on that. 
So kind of like how we hinted at earlier, communication with your partner is absolutely key. Um, You can even plan to see a therapist together if you feel like finding good communication ground isn't something that you guys are totally adept at yet. But ask your partner for help and let them know specifically how they can help. Don't just throw it out there generally. I need help, right? Give them things to do because I think a lot of times people want to help. They just don't know how. Well, and especially men, they're like, let me fix this. But right. it might not be in the way that you want to know how. <laughs> or so, maybe you don't want him to fix it. Maybe you just want him to listen. But, there's that yeah. There's that funny clip on YouTube about the woman with the nail in her head. Oh, yes. Right? We'll link to it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> so but good. it's like sometimes you just need them to listen. And other times you do need them to be active, like with diaper changes and holding the baby when they get home so you can go and nap or take off to Target or whatever. Um, helping with the night shift. Maybe you pump extra ahead of time so that they can take one of those night shift feedings. Um, Having your partner cook dinner a few nights if they don't already do this already or take over cooking dinner completely. You decide. Laundry, dishes. The point is give them specific things to do. Yeah. And have this conversation before you have the baby because Mm -hmm. the expectations need to be, we can't in our head think that our husbands are going to be doing X, Y, and Z, or our partners are definitely going to know that we need these things. We have to have these conversations before. And so if you have your baby and you're expecting your husband, well, he should know because I had a baby and I'm recovering that he should be cooking dinner and cleaning the toilets. No, he's not going to, nobody's going to guess that. We have to be specific. Oh, and be careful holding them to a standard that they didn't agree to. So if you're holding holding (laughs) on to the expectation in your mind that they're going to do these things, but they haven't actually agreed to them, then it's not really fair for you then to get all upset with them for not doing the things that they agreed to. But if you guys have come to an agreement, I agree to do this. You agree to do that. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Then when it's not happening, you can say, hey, remember, you said you would help me with this. I really need that help. Right. And be kind with each other. You've never been a first time mom before and he's never been a first time dad. Like it's there is a balance there. And that's where I think the therapist can be great. And I will say that my husband and I utilized that and it was much needed and really helpful. So don't be afraid of that. Well, because they if they're working, they're going to be at work all day Mm -hmm. and then they're coming home to be um, full time dad as well and helping you as much as they can because you're their sweetheart and they love you too. And so they might feel like they're, they need a little bit of a break or some Mm downtime too. So just, like stuff said. Never mind that you're sitting at home going, yeah, but you got to get out of the house and meet with <laughs> people know. all day and you didn't change poopy diapers. And you both yeah. need to recognize you that you both are having a challenging time to love and be gentle with each other. I think it's really important too to reach out to other women that are in the same season of life as you. Um, I know now I like I have some older kids and so I'm not hanging out as much with the moms no. that have the toddlers and the newborn babies. And I mean, unless we're doing for them. Um, and so, but it's important for us to be with mothers that are in our same season because they're going to understand the challenges. You're going to be able to relate to each other. I want to make it very clear that this is not a time to get together and talk about our husbands in like a negative way. Mm -hmm. Like this should be people that lift you up, that are positive, that you have good to tell. They have good to tell. You can share your challenges and struggles, but it should be in a productive you know, way. It shouldn't be, <laughs> it shouldn't be negative when you no, get together. No, this isn't a gossip session. This isn't right. a dish on things I probably that are intimate details and I shouldn't right. be dishing on. Um, this should be a time where you guys work to bring out the best in each other. And that doesn't mean that you can't talk about challenges that you're having, but I think kind of do a little gut check with yourself before you start right. to share something. It'd be like, is this the right person in the right time to be sharing this? Yeah. And you want to leave a group like that feeling better than when you came. And so if you're not, then find a new group. 
I made the mistake with my mom when my husband and I were first married. My mom and I are best friends. And so whenever Nate and I would get in a little bit of a fight, which happens, right? Especially when you're first married. What? Couples fight? (laughs) I would like, um, she'd be the first person I'd call and I would tell he did this and he said this and I'm so upset. She's getting all of my side, right? Well, Nate and I would work through it maybe a couple hours later, but she didn't work through it with Nate. And so my mom, I found, was kind of holding grudges and holding on to things against him. And he brought this up to me. He was like, hey, uh, your mom doesn't seem to stop talking crap on me. Right, exactly. And I had this realization that, okay, maybe I don't go running to my mom for every disagreement that he and I have because whereas I can forgive him and we make up, she doesn't get that opportunity. Oh, yeah. That's my daughter. Don't you dare. Yeah, exactly. So just be mindful. Yeah. If you want to have a successful experience as a stay-at-home mom, you're going to want to allow people to help you to your comfort level as you feel comfortable. So if you have friends or family around, utilize them. People want to help, right? We talked about this. Give them specific things to do. And it doesn't have to just be holding the baby. Although it can be, like Courtney talked about. Can be if that's what you need, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I think finding a routine and flow as baby grows too. Um, In the early days, it's kind of like you sleep when the baby sleeps and you survive how you have to survive. And it's poopy diapers and messy hair and lack of showers and all that is very normal. But I think it does help to kind of have a routine as things go on and it helps for sleeping schedules as they get older. Uh, It helps you to feel better. It's going to help you. Like if you get up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to do yoga for 20 minutes or take a walk with the baby or, you know, make sure that we're getting outside and doing some of those things. And then you have a a planned, like, this is kind of when I eat breakfast and this is kind of when I eat lunch and dinner. And I think having a routine um, makes us all as people, it works with children, it works Mm -hmm. with adults. like we feel more uh, aware and there's comfort in it. Yes. And comfortable when we have a routine. So I think that's a great thing to do. Absolutely. Above all, be gentle with yourself and don't feel bad if you don't love every minute of your stay at home mom situation. In fact, in general, there's going to be stages of your child's development that you like more than others, right? So I don't love the newborn phase. I just don't, but I am great with toddlers and preschoolers where some of my friends were like ready to Oh, same. I love the newborn stage. And when they get a little older and start getting into stuff, I'm like, stop it. You know? Yeah. And you're not a bad mom if a stage isn't your favorite. And you're not a bad mom if you're like, I don't know that I'm loving this stay at home mom thing as much as I thought I would. You're not a bad mom. It's okay. And I think, I think there is so much freedom in having somebody say that to you. It's like, we love you girls. So let me just say like, in the most loving way, what Courtney just said is so there's so much truth in it. And I needed to hear that when I was yeah. having my babies and and feeling that guilt of like, oh, I don't love what I'm doing right here. Or I don't love the age of my baby. It's okay. Yeah. You can love your child fiercely and still yeah. love having breaks from them. Like and they can still drive you nuts and you're not a bad mom. Like right. it's yeah, it's all all of it is is just part of mothering. Let's move on to work at home moms. We uh, can totally relate to this stuff that I spent. <laughs> My gosh, you guys. It took us two years just to create the birth course, film it, get it edited and polished to where we thought this is perfect and we can't relate to yeah. release this for the world. And But yet we still had these kids, all these little kids at home. And it was a lot of really early mornings, a lot of really late nights, a lot of trying to juggle just it's challenging, but let's talk about some of the good things. Yeah. I know. In fact, if you guys scroll all the way back on our Instagram and look at that first post, we were like, this many hours, this many bread thrown on our children, like this, <laughs> like maybe this many showers. I can't remember exactly all the things we said, but it was like, yes, blood, sweat, and tears. And it's just part of being yeah. work at home and having kids too. So. Yeah. 
So one of the cool things about being a work at home mom is that you kind of, I feel like get a little bit of the best of both worlds, right? You feel really good about being there for your children, being the primary nurturer, um, taking care of them, but also bringing in some income, supplementing income or being the main breadwinner for your family. That's amazing. Especially if you are, um, well, even I, for us too, but I would say like entrepreneur, if you're doing it by yourself, maybe this really isn't what's happening. But if you're working for a company at home or if you're like Courtney and I and you work together with someone, like you at least get to check in with other adults regularly. Which, that is. Which it sounds like <laughs> so such a goofy important. thing. You're like, oh, it's so cliche. I only talk to my toddler. That's real, you know? Yeah. And it's not great. <laughs> exactly. So having grownups you can talk to and it puts your, it sharpens those mental skills, keeps them sharp, right? Yep. I think COVID has made this a lot more common too. Like a lot of things have gone digital. And so maybe you weren't a work at home mom and now you are a work at home mom. I think employers have been specifically like really good about this. And especially with the Zoom calls, like how many times do we see like the pictures of like everyone's got their babies on Zoom call or their kids are walking through the back. Um, And I think there's a lot of understanding that has come around. I think it's been great. I think so too. It sort of um, humanizes these companies, right? You get to see a person in their natural environment and you realize that, oh, okay, this person, you know, obviously has lots of little kids at home and they're so, I don't know. I just feel like it's brought a lot more, (laughs) but it's brought a lot more compassion into the workplace. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, agreed. You don't have to pay for childcare, right? No cost for a sitter unless, of course, you have somebody that's coming in and maybe nannying or watching the kids while you're at home and working. But uh, that's kind of awesome to not Mm -hmm. have to pay for that. I know so many moms who they seek out a work from home type situation because they want to be home with their kids. They still want to be contributing to the family's income. And so that's kind of the best way to make that happen. Yeah, I feel like that's like one of the top questions questions and like Mm -hmm. mom forums. What do you guys do so that you can make more money and be at home with your kids? Yeah. So that's pretty common. Yeah. You can still breastfeed on demand. You don't have to worry about washing all those pesky breast pumping parts and taking them to work and making sure the milk is cold and all that kind of stuff. We'll get to that for working moms in a minute here, (laughs) but you can breastfeed on demand. And if your baby's going through a bit of a growth spurt or they're just particularly fussy or a little sick one day, you can be right there for them. I feel like even when you're working from home, maybe you're more likely to get up and get ready for the day, which will probably make you feel better overall. At least I know when Courtney and I were doing this, that wasn't necessarily the case. We'd be in our pajamas and hadn't <laughs> yeah. showered till two and no, like I hadn't eaten lunch. And so it wasn't feeling so great. So maybe there's some like, maybe that's the downfalls and the change into how you make that successful. But yeah. but generally I feel like, especially if you work for an employer and you have to be on a Zoom meeting, chances are you're going to have to like get up and get going for your day. And that can be a positive thing. I don't feel like you can put a price tag on your children watching you go for a goal at work or work at home or work to make something happen and having that happen. I remember I used to kind of feel a lot of guilt being a work at home mom. I started off in network marketing and then I still do that. And then Stephanie, I created my essential birth. And I used to kind of have some mom guilt that I'm not outside playing with my kids. I'm working on this outline or I'm working on whatever. And I had a lot of guilt and I finally had somebody stop me and say, stop. Do your kids know what your goal is? Yeah, all my kids could tell you. My mom's creating a birth (laughs) course or my mom's going for blah, 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 rank or whatever. My kids knew what my goal was. She goes, so they see you working on it. I'm like, all the time. I feel so terrible about it. She's like, stop it. 
stop. Think about what you're teaching your children. You're showing them that, yeah, I'm your mom and I love you and I'm home with you and I'm here for you, but they're also seeing you set goals, work really hard, and then achieve those things. I love that. And that's really kind of a, an unspoken message that your kids are learning and they will copy you, right? Kids copy what they see their parents do. And you are creating little goal crushers just by the <laughs> fact that you're a work at home mom. And that's awesome. We need a sticker. <laughs> Tiny goal crusher. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's cute. Okay. So what are some of the downfalls? Um, I know feeling like you're doing everything and not getting a break. Uh, oh, big time. Huge. Big time. And I think Courtney and I, like we talk every week, we're still working on trying to figure out the particulars of that, how to make it feel successful at home and at work. And so it's never perfect, but we, we work on it and it gets better for sure. Even now, there'll be times where, and it's usually right before my period, where I'm like crying and bawling. <laughs> my eyes out and I'm listing off to my husband. He's used to this now. All the responsibilities <laughs> that I feel like are on my plate. Well, I've got to homeschool the kids and I've got these two businesses and gosh, what would my life be like if all I had to worry about and focus on was the kids? Sometimes I say that. I don't really Boring. mean it. Right? That's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. We just talked about the pros know. to a stay-at-home for mom. us. It's personality. That's what I was kind of getting back to though, right? Like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, for anyway, me, it would be boring. <laughs> yeah, but it does. You do feel like you have a lot of demands and pressure on you both to show up for your children and to show up in a working way. And that can be a lot of pressure. Yeah. And that's just kind of on to the next point. Like demands from baby give you some less time for work. Like mm-hmm. I know that the amount of work that I could and desire and get excited to do is different than what actually happens because I do care about being a good mom and being there for my family. And so there is a balance to that. Um, but I think that sometimes that can cause kind of some stress and anxiety. And so that can be a downfall is trying to figure out the proper balance for those things. Exactly. So kind of like we've alluded to here, your stress and anxiety might be a little bit higher than um, than a mom in a different situation because of what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to do both things at home and it's it can be challenging. Now we listed this as a positive, but it's kind of a negative as well. You are more likely to have to get up for the day and get moving, even if you've had a long night with a sick, fussy baby um, and could really use some rest, you may not have that option or that choice. So here are some tips for making a work at home mom situation be totally successful for you. Keep expectations realistic for yourself and make sure that you're communicating well with your family and with your employer. Which if that's you, you need to check in. That's a real thing. How am I doing? How do I feel about what's happening here? What what do I need to change? Right. COVID, again, has made a lot of work at home situations manageable and wonderful. So be open to discussing your situation as your baby grows and your situation changes. I had to sit down just last week, you guys, and make a list of the things that I was willing to sort of let go. I am willing to let go of having clean baseboards. I am willing to let go of, you know, some of the ways my house looks or some of the things that I would maybe want to do for myself or for community or church um, responsibilities. What are the things that you can sort of let go and you're okay with that, understanding that it might be temporary or it's whatever. And then what are the non-negotiables for you? You and your your partner need to sit down and do this. What are the things that are absolutely going to get done every day? I've talked about this before, but you need to set a floor goal and you need to set a ceiling goal, right? I will be happy with my day if I get these things done at a minimum and make them super easy. And sometimes if you work for somebody that's not yourself, you might not have a choice on some Mm -hmm. of those responsibilities. 
But then what are what does a good day look like? Like, oh my gosh, I would be over the moon excited. This is the ceiling. This is the ideal. But set an ideal and a baseline and work with that. And make sure that when you're communicating with your partner, just some simple tips, like let them know where you need help and where you're overwhelmed. Ask for help when you need it. Be specific. Again, check in a lot. I think having a backup plan in place is really important. Um, And this is a backup plan that happens. Like this conversation happens before baby gets here so that if you do, like maybe you were working before and you plan to take that work home or you were working from home and you plan to continue it. What if you decide you don't want to do that anymore? Or what if you decide you'd like to back up on those hours? Or what if you decide you want to take on more hours? And even though you guys had discussed maybe not having a sitter, now you want one. I think that conversation needs to happen prior so that you guys have an idea of what that could look like when it does happen, if it comes up. And then our final tip is you have to time block. You have got to get your schedule organized, even if you're not like a crazy, happy, oh yeah, I need a schedule kind of person. Honestly, you guys, one of my favorite people, and I know Stephanie has followed her too, is Jordan Page is a great example of a work at home mom. And she's got a YouTube video. It's free. There's a free download that goes with it. And it's all about time blocking. And I would really encourage you to watch that because if you are, if you don't have set hours for when you're going to be working, then that work is going to continually get pushed off to the side, off to the side, off to the side until it's like- Or consume your whole day. Or consume your whole day, exactly. And you don't want either of those things to happen. If when you time block, it gives you the freedom that you know, okay, this is when I'm with my kids and my attention is completely on them and you can tune everything else out and just be present. And so that you feel good about that time with your children. And then when you move into your work block, you can kind of tune things out as best as you can, right? And focus on work. And then you don't have that guilt following you around that I wasn't present with my kids today or I didn't show up in the way I wanted to for work. You can feel good about both things. You've given yourself that permission to focus solely on that one thing during that time block. Yeah. And I, I will say neither of us are perfect about this. I know I, I, I will say like, I even still struggle with it. And as things have changed, like every year, every couple months when new things arise, because they always do. And there'll never be a time when you're like, well, when I reach this point or Mm -hmm. when my kid does this, it's, it's never perfect like that. And so it's a constant readjustment. And I would say weekly, like there should be like a, we're going to go over the schedule every single week and try and, and work this out. And then on the daily And it's okay if things get moved around and it's not perfect, but having some kind of specified work hours has been huge. It has been huge because then I don't have that guilt back and forth. And the night before, you need to get specific about what you hope to achieve during that time block. So when it comes to my working time block that I have for myself in the afternoon, I know the night before the one or two things that I hope to accomplish during that time. You don't want to spend your work time trying to plan how you're going to use your work time. Yeah. Right. Oh, and one more thing. I, so I've started doing the downtime. Have you seen that on the iPhone? No. Okay. So they have a thing where you like, if you swipe to the left of your main screen, it has like a thing that shows you, well, maybe not everybody's does. I don't know. On my phone face, it shows me like how many hours and minutes I have spent on my phone, how many times I picked it up, oh, how yes. much time I've spent on social media. And so I have set limits like my social media, which they include for social talking on the phone and text messages, which I kind of like because it is still time away from my family. Yeah. Um, so I put that limit at an hour and then I cut off my times like from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. And it's I realized how much I was not doing that. And yes. I went to pick up my phone to do it. And so that has been great. I think something like that could be a great I have tool heard too. that advice before. I haven't implemented it yet. I think I've been almost a I'm on week too. one. <laughs> I, I check my email and my messages, you guys, 
I'm scared to know how many times I pick yeah. up my phone to look. It's out. It's several times throughout the day. But I know some women who are oh, you'll incredibly be surprised. I mean, hundreds. Probably. Yeah. I know we're closer <laughs> to that. I know some women who are disciplined and they're like, I check my email and messages at this time and this time. Yeah. And, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I know I could save myself so much time. I probably would free up so much time if I would just move to something like that. Last thing I want to share, too, is. You need to accept the fact as a work at home mom that your to-do list will never be completely checked off. You will always have things to do. You will always have things to do. And the sooner that you make peace with that and understand that you still need to give yourself breaks and downtime and time spent unplugging and just enjoying yourself or your family, knowing that there's always going to be things to do, the sooner you can make peace with that situation, the happier you will be. All right, let's jump into the working mom. So here's some good things about being a working mom. And as I said, I did not do this when my children were teeny tiny. Um, In fact, this was just like the end, like latter end of the last year. But I will say some of it was so good, you guys. I didn't want to come home. How sad is that? (laughs) I know you said that you're like, I don't know. I'm having mixed feelings when I knew it was your last day. Yeah, and I I love that I'm at home now. But um, one of them was we get out of the house several days a week. Like I loved like, oh, I have to wake up at this time and get ready and get my butt out of the house. Like I was way more productive those days for sure. I think kind of back to our previous points, you talk with other adults about adult things all day. And I like, (laughs) at least with my husband, we had it set up. So I was only working Monday through Wednesday. But when I came home, like Monday through Wednesday, it was his turn to cook the meal. And I'm like, this is heaven. You get to do, you've been doing this the last 12 years. You leave the house in the morning. You talk to other people. You hang out with other people. You have alone time in the car where you don't have little kids bugging you. And, and then you come home to a home cooked meal. I'm like, I am such a good wife. You have not, <laughs> you have not appreciated this. Like you should, I was just so happy. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. So, well, and I think that just that sheer break from having to clean up, spit up and poopy diapers and deal oh, with yeah. so-and-so won't go down for their nap and they're miserable. And now I'm miserable. Like you get a break from that. That is amazing. Even though you're tired after a day of working, you are so excited to see your baby when you get home. There's that saying that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I think that's true. You have time to miss your baby and your kids. And that's priceless. And we've talked about the pros and cons to this, but really, you guys, a routine can help to motivate you. It'll help you feel refreshed, especially when you've had a baby and you feel sort of foreign in your own body and foreign in this kind of new role as mom. Getting back to a routine and schedule, something that's familiar, I think helps that situation of being a new mom, especially if this is your first baby, feel more comfortable and familiar. I think there's the element of supporting your family. Like we've talked about with other, like the work at home mom. Um, I loved that we were bringing in a little extra money and there's we pride had, in that. there's pride and we had some more money to do some more fun stuff. Like we were able to go out once a week or um, do something big with the kids once a month, like an activity center or whatever. And that it was nice to have a little bit of, of a breath <laughs> for that. Yeah. We talked about this being a pro that you can breastfeed your baby on demand, but anybody who's breastfed a baby on demand <laughs> knows that's not always it's an not easy thing. Park. It's not. And so knowing that you can still breastfeed um, by pumping at work and having set hours that you do that, I think is can be a positive for sure. Yeah. Your baby's likely to be better than at taking a bottle from somebody else, which allows for easier breaks. And with your partner, or if you guys want to go out on a date, I know so many moms, I had a friend actually, 
And with all her babies, she exclusively breastfed, and that was wonderful. That's great. But none of her babies would take a bottle, That was period. Fine. And I tried and she so hard. could not go on a mm-hmm. date that was longer than two hours yep. because of that. Yeah. And that's if you're lucky because if, if baby's fussing and they can't calm them down because they won't take a binky and they won't take a bottle, then you come home early. So. And Stephanie mentioned this, you guys, but other people appreciating your work and your skills in the workplace and then getting paid for it. Yeah. You don't get paid to be a mom. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you get my, hu- my husband might differ considering I, was, I spend the majority of our money. <laughs> I was going to say you get paid in other blessings, yeah, right? Whatever. I yeah. know that's like the little thing you put on your fridge like, to remind yourself. Uh, you knit it into something. Exactly. I feel angrily knit it into something. <laughs> my blessings are paid in other ways. <laughs> Just kidding. Mom's knitting again. Walk away. All right, let's talk about the downfalls, though, because there are some, and there were some to every category, so we're not dogging on anybody in particular, but not getting to, getting to see your baby all day, perhaps yeah. missing some first moments on occasion and stuff like that. That's hard. There, I'm sure there's guilt. I know there's guilt. I talked to work at working mom friends, and they do feel badly about that. Yeah, and so along with that, you might feel sad or depressed or angry, and so you, there might be some postpartum things. Like we talked about, you know, when I had women come back for that um, reunion, that a lot of times the moms that were working felt a little happier and more, like there was that element, but there were some moms who were like, this is really hard and I wish I didn't need the money so I could be home with my kid. So exactly. that, that can be something too. You are likely still getting up at night for sick babies or for night feedings, and then you still have to get up and leave in the morning. Doesn't matter how tired you are. Gosh, that's rough. That is yeah. really, and really see, hard. See, that's something I can't relate to. Like, I didn't have kids waking up in the night. Maybe I had somebody that peed the bed. Like, here's your new clothes. Go back to bed. You know, like yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't like that. So that yeah, be tricky. It might be harder for you because you're not breastfeeding on demand to keep up a sufficient milk supply for your baby. Stress either lack of knowledge about how to keep that up, exhaustion, all those things can factor in to that. And so sometimes we do see moms who have a challenge to continue to breastfeed and pump. Yeah. And along with that, someone else might see milestones before you. So maybe um, you're a lucky mom and you have, you know, friends or family that you know really well or that love your child. And so you're not maybe as upset that maybe they're seeing some milestones and things and they're sending you pictures throughout the day. But maybe your baby does have to be with a sitter or your child does have to be with a sitter. And it, it might leave you in a space where they get to tell you about this new food that they tried or the first step that they took. And that can be hard to hear as a mom. So right. Especially in a daycare setting, too. When they've got lots of little ones to look after, they're probably not taking a picture of baby crawling for the first time or first steps. Maybe they are. I don't know. But that seems a little less likely. And so that can be hard. The cost of child care in general. um, I know my sister was looking into daycare in Boston where she lives and it was going to be almost as expensive as what she makes. It's ridiculous. And so, that's- well, and that's the tricky part. I feel like that's kind of like what you have to think about and trade off for sure. Because, okay, if I can find somebody that it makes sense, like financially, is that the person I want watching my baby? And yeah. not that there's necessarily anything bad, one or the other. Hopefully, you can come to a place where that's a thing. But that's something that that moms have to consider and that you're up against as a working right. mom. Are they the right price? And are they somebody with whom I feel comfortable having my child cared for all day? 
if your baby gets sick, somebody's going to need to be home with them, right? We've, I think if COVID has taught, it's taught us lots of things, right? But if one thing it's like, it's okay to stay home when you're sick. It's okay to keep your child home and away from others if they are sick, but somebody needs to stay home with them. And some employers are a lot more understanding and forgiving of that than others are. And if your partner is the primary breadwinner for the family, you're likely going to be the one then to be taking that time off of work. And that can impact things for you. Right. Yeah. Especially I feel like service positions, like if you are working as if you're waitressing or if you're working at like a store or like the grocery store, like those are things that like it's hard to get the coverage and it's something Mm -hmm. that like needs to happen. And so it's shift work. Right. Exactly. And so it can be tricky and it does put moms in a particularly hard spot with employers. Okay, working moms, let's talk about how you can make this a super successful situation. Communicate with your partner before you go back to work. This what? is a theme All this in every with your partner. One, Why would you right? do that? What will it look like if baby gets sick? What are the expectations for for meals, for dinners, for holding and changing the baby for those nighttime feedings? How are you guys going to handle that and manage that between the two of you? Or do you need to bring in some outside help? Um, what if you decide that you don't want to go back to work once you? start and welcome home a new baby, is that an option for your family? And if it's not currently, is there a way that you could make that an option by cutting certain expenses? Um, Let them know how you're feeling. And if you need extra support, obviously be sure to reach out to a therapist, a friend, a community that can help you work through some of these challenges. I will say maybe it's because it wasn't our first rodeo kind of thing. And we had three kids and we'd gone through some challenges. Like I I actually knew to have that conversation this time. Like I was like, I'm not going to take this job for this next six months if we're not on the same page about what I expect to happen in the home or the meals, like making sure that you're cooking a meal. And it was kind of funny because he started off so strong and I love him so much, but it was like, I came home and there were these home cooked meals. And at first I had planned out things. Like I was like, okay, here's these frozen meals and you can crock pot them when you need them or whatever. And Mm -hmm. anyways, and I can't tell you how much like fast food and stuff we were eating at the end. And I'm like, yeah, it's harder than it looks, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of funny, but it was like, he still knew like, okay, but like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's my thing. However it happens, like that's my thing. So yeah, communication is super, super big. And I think that goes with your employer too. A lot of it's the same as your partner. Like, hey, what does it look like if I... I have a sick kid now that I'm going to have a baby or what if I decide I want to cut back on hours? Is that something you can accommodate or what are the accommodations for pumping? I know I want to breastfeed my baby. What, what accommodations do you have for that? And then I think too, if you're in a big enough company where they have like an HR person, that's your person to talk to as well, because they're going to be your best bet for, for that kind of communication between you and your employer for being a stay at home mom or, or working from home mom, I should say. So let's talk about organization. Meal planning for you is going to be incredibly important. I think it's great for everybody to do, but when you're in a working situation, what I would recommend doing is grabbing a blank calendar, one that has like 31 days on it and write a different meal in each box that is, and try to choose things intentionally that are easy or quick to make or things that you can make ahead of time and throw in the freezer like Stephanie was talking about. And that way there's a plan for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you want to make sure that you're getting awesome nutrition postpartum and 
that it's not really a burden to eat so that you don't end up eating a lot of fast food. So I think having a meal plan system and, you know, hey, Sundays are food prep days. We're going to prep for the week. Everything's going to be in the freezer. Just make it easier on yourself so that even if you come home from work and dinner is not ready, you know that you just have to shove something in the oven and it'll be ready in an hour or 30 minutes or whatever. Just do yourself a favor mm-hmm. and get organized that way. Right. And I think that goes along with like milk supply, like we had talked about how to make it successful. There are things that you can do. We're not going to get on into a big thing about it now, but there are things that that moms that plan to go back to work can do to make it successful. And that's the amount of times that you pump. It's the amount of calories that you're getting. It's making sure that you're not skipping meals and you're getting enough water. And so if you plan for those things ahead of time, then it won't be a burden. It'll just be part of the routine. Yeah. And there's even ways, and again, we're not going to get into this here, but there's ways that you can express your milk so that you get more out and you're draining the breast more fully each time and that stimulates, you know, more supply. So be patient with yourself. Everything is a learning curve. Nothing is perfect, including you. We're all a work in progress. Whatever situation you find yourself in, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, a work-at-home mom, or a working mom, you are wonderful. You are doing what you should be. You are loved and you are supported, and we're here to help you on your journey. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.